Okay, we're at part two uh, of three on this uh, topic uh, called Caring and Daring. Because uh, we want to be a church that cares for each other, don't we? Yeah, and we want to be a church that dares to do great things for Jesus as well, don't we? Yep, that got less of a, yep, no, that we like the idea of sort of caring and loving, looking after each other, um, but we want to dare as well, don't we? So last week, to a quick recap, we just looked at this one verse, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And we focused a bit on caring on that, and this verse brings out something kind of practical about it, carrying burdens, the things that weigh us down in life, whatever they may be, emotional, spiritual, practical, and how as a church uh, we want to help each other out. And uh, we talked about how practically, you know, how are you going to do that if you don't really know what's going on in each other's lives? This room here, if you look around the room, I imagine there's plenty of people you don't know who on earth they are and what burdens are going on in their life. And of course, vice versa, they don't know anything about your life either. But how we looked at, that's one of the reasons why we have our connect groups, our midweeks, smaller groups where actually you do get to share life a bit, pray for each other and of course other things and carry burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. The uh, law of Christ is the law of love. Jesus abolished the law when he died on the cross for us, but left us with his example uh, to love sacrificially, like he's with the greatest act of all time. He dies on the cross sacrificially, removes the burden of our sin, raises to life again that we can inherit new life from him and live like him, fulfilling this law of love, the law of Christ, and carrying each other's burdens. So that was the caring if you like, an emphasis. It's actually quite daring to care sometimes, isn't it? You know, to cross uh, thresholds and boundaries and get involved in each other's lives. But it was, if you like, a slight more of an emphasis on caring. Uh, this is, the, and sorry, and we talked about connect groups. Uh, and uh, this diagram may or may not be helpful. Hopefully it kind of gives a picture of how we think of things at City Hope. And we looked at how we carry each other's burdens in connect groups. But many of our connect groups are part of what we also, uh, what we call connect communities, which are slightly larger groups. And some of our connect groups that aren't have a design, a heart that they would be. So I think at the moment there's 19 different connect groups uh, in City Hope uh, and the sort of uh, all, all different areas of where we live, and we're talking a bit about that uh, as we move on this uh, today. And uh, many of them are part of a connect community, sort of joining together to form a larger group of people, uh, called, which we call a connect community. And we've got three of them uh, currently, and some of the groups are say in a geographic area, which hasn't yet grown to become a connect community. So we're going to look a little bit more about daring today and a little bit more on the connect community aspect. They flow in and out of each other, uh, but there is a sense which connect groups, uh, the slightly smaller group, have an emphasis on sort of caring for each other where you can really know each other's burdens and, and carry them. But then coming together in, in what we call this connect community, this larger group where we've got a sense of we can dare to do great things for God. So I'm going to be using, with quite a lot of poetic license, an Old Testament kind of passage. It's from 1 Chronicles 12. Uh, the verses coming up here are from a Bible version called The Message. Uh, so even if you've got your Bible and you follow it, it probably wouldn't read that similarly anyway. So David, who's mentioned here, the men who joined David, this is King David, only he isn't king yet. Okay, so King David of David and Goliath fame. Okay, um, he's actually done Goliath at this point, but then he's had to flee because Saul, the current 
uh, king is cross and jealous with him and is beginning to chase him all around the country to kill him, to get rid of him. And David's fleeing. And in the sort of the Old Testament history, the Jewish history at that time, many, many different people start joining with David uh, and sort of become part of his camp, as it were, as opposed to Saul, because God is with David and not Saul. And this is just uh, one passage describing something of that story. This is not the whole of chapter 12, but here's a few verses. So these are the men who joined David at Ziklag, where he's hiding out. It was during the time he was banished by Saul, the son of Kish, as I already mentioned. And they were among the mighty men. They were good fighters. They were armed with bows and could sling stones and shoot arrows either right or left-handed. They hailed from Saul's tribe, Benjamin. Ooh, ouch. That hurt Saul, right? These are supposed to be his guys, but David, uh, God is with David and, and they're joining uh, in with David. This tribe of people that are right or left-handed. I don't know, some of you might not even be able to throw with your strong hand that well. I don't know, but these guys were top warriors here. Right or left-handed, they could shoot or sling stones. And here's the list of them. The first was, and a bunch of names that I'm not going to attempt to read out. Uh, but there's a whole load of them there, aren't there? We could say, it doesn't really matter. I could call it what I like because you guys don't know any better than me. So... But here's these mighty men from ba- Benjamin, the tribe, then there's the list of the people that joined, these mighty men, and each one of them's named Sheremiah and Shephatiah and Harap Fight and all of those guys, as you can see there. The passage goes on, there were some Gadites, this is a different tribe. They had Gadites there who also defected to David, leaving Saul at his wilderness fortress. And they were seasoned and eager fighters who knew how to handle shield and spear. They were wild in appearance like lions. They were agile as gazelles. I don't know if a gazelle was like that. Racing across the hills. I have to admit, when I was reading that uh, and thinking of our connect communities and groups, I don't know if it's in the room, but wild as lions, agile as gazelles. Marlon, I did think of you, actually, as it goes. I was thinking, ah, but it's kind of, you know, so... Wild like lions, agile as gazelles, racing across the hills. And then there's another bunch of names, which nicely, there's two Jeremiah's in there, so I can say that name. Uh, Atai and Obadiah and Macbanai, about the 11 of them. So these guys, another group, another tribe, come and join David. And actually goes on, there's actually a few uh, different tribes. It says of these guys, these Gadites, they were the cream of the crop. Any one of them was worth a hundred lesser men. Worth a hundred men? Must have been a woman, eh? There's got to be. It's the only way that works, surely. That's what I'm thinking. And the best of them were worth a thousand. What a, great, what a great way of encouraging people, you know, the guys that are daring to join you in their fight, you know, to, to sort of encourage them and say, Paul, Paul, it's great having you with us. You're, you're worth a hundred. You're worth a hundred. I'm so glad you're with us. But, but Ruth, sorry, Paul, Ruth, you're worth a thousand. Come on, it's just fantastic gene each other up and saying, this is the guys that are joining David, this ragtag bunch. Other passages in the Bible telling some of these sort of stories puts about all the dysfunctional people that join them. But this one is bigging it up, worth a hundred, worth a thousand. They were the ones who crossed the Jordan when it was at flood stage in the first month and put everyone in the lowlands to flight both east and west. So I guess they crossed the Jordan when it was in flood. That's got to be the wrong thing to do. How did they do it? These, these Gadites gadding about like gazelles. 
fleet-footed over the Jordan. We don't know. But barriers weren't a problem. They overcame. They had joined David, heart and soul, something I spoke on a good number of months ago. And, uh, and they were fighting for David, joining his band. And it goes on, there's some other tribes talked about, but the end of the chapter finishes with this verse. Hardly a day went by without men showing up to help. And in our case, of course, it's women as well. Uh, it wasn't long before his band seemed as large as God's own army. And there's this terrific picture. David at the start is this banished, uh, not yet king, though God is with him, fleeing for his life. And, these, uh, and this poetic passage saying all these great guys came to join him. Uh, and they came in tribes, but they came as individuals. So it tells you the tribe they came from. It lists the names in a different way. Some of them speak and engage with David in the passage. And it's got this great sense of individually. Each one of them was clearly daring. It's like their name there in the Bible. It's part of God's. Uh, David saw mighty men in his army. Uh, and all those odd names I didn't read out. And you could insert, if you like, your own name in that sense of the passage of Jesus, who we want to dare to follow, who we want to join. That, uh, in a sense, you know, if, if you're a Christian, you think, I want to do, dare to do great things with God, and God was with David, then you can list your name there, maybe more pronounceable, maybe not. Uh, and the passage say, I want to do great things for God as well. But equally, it wasn't just a bunch of individuals. And it's, again, really interesting challenging. Whenever, um, you know, guys, David and Leslie in particular, have travelled to other parts of the world, there's this emphasis on how we think so individually here in the West and even in church life quite often. And, uh, you know, there is, the Bible mentions these guys, all those names, saying they were daring. That person there, that was one of them that crossed the Jordan in flood season. He was wild like a lion, etc. But yet it picks them up in their tribes, the Benjamites, the Gadites were gadding about. And there are other, see the 12 tribes in Israel. And it joins them together. And I think, I say, with some, uh, you, you know, poetic license, it's got a great picture for us of how we as a church want to be daring as well as caring, how we want to do great things for God, uh, to make the name of Jesus famous all around this area of London, how we want to do it together and serving one of them, building each other up. You're worth a hundred. You're worth a thousand. And so it's both individually daring, but it's like this together daring. That So you might say, without me, so hardly a day went by when guys from Peckham and Rotherhithe and Bermondsey were joining to follow Jesus together in their tribes, yet individually. And it wasn't long. Wouldn't we love to see this keep going and going in the city up here? Here we are now, if you like, together. In the one, in the one room on the Sunday, obviously the kids are upstairs, many of the workers not everyone's here, of course, but long before his band seemed as large as God's own army, which I'm not quite sure what the phrase meant, but I think the, the writer's playing stuff up there because um, Saul's the official king. Actually, David was gaining and gaining and gaining and gaining. Look what God was doing among them. Uh, and what we're going to be doing now for some of the rest uh, of this morning is just hearing from some people and their daring exploits. Now, I'm sure there are many, many daring exploits, but I've asked three people initially to share something of how they have dared to reach out to others or to show love to others in a context of sort of their individual stories, it like. So if uh, Jacob and Helen and Ruth would like to come to the stage now, please. And then after we've heard from these guys, we've got, um, if you like, a bit more of a tribal group daring. Okay, sorry. So give these guys a round of applause and uh, <laughs> thank you.
I'll flick to this one quickly. Oh, that sounds so different. Ruth, come up here. Come on, don't be shy. Come, come up. Helen's coming as well. So here's Ruth. Hello. I know there's a lot of you out there that will be quite willing to pray with people out in the street and I'll say well done. Um, Ruth Taylor and I one day, we decided that we were going to go and um, sit in Starbucks coffee shop and have a coffee, but keep our eyes open for somebody who we might like to talk to. And uh, in fact, before I'd even finished getting the coffee, she'd already sat next to a lady who was on her own um, at a table. And we started chatting about, oh, all sorts of things. Um, what I didn't know at the time <laughs> was that, in fact, Ruth had had a word saying bereavement. And after a little conversation, it turned out, yeah, this lady had lost her husband within the last two years. And so I thought, right, okay, let's, let's say a few things. And, you know, she was really open to, to what we were going to say. And it was really great. And um, at the end, I, all the time we were chatting, it was about 20 minutes or more, um, I had this increasing burden that I had to pray for this lady. So um, she got up and said, I think I had to go and do my Tesco shopping now. So I said, well, look, do you mind if I pray for you? And she sort of looked at me a bit askance at first. And I said to her, look, it's okay, you can say no. And um, she said, no, okay, that's all right. So I did, and I simply prayed over her a blessing over all the things that we'd been chatting about and just asked God to bless her in all these different situations that she'd shared. But you know what? Then she got up and did her, her, her shopping. But what really encouraged me the most out of all that was that about a quarter of an hour later, Ruth and I were still sitting there talking, and she'd... <laughs> of course... <laughs> And she'd got her Tesco's trolley full of stuff and she came back out of Tesco's and she walked over to the door of Starbucks and sort of gave us a little wave and a smile and I thought, oh, thank you, God. You've spoken to her. <laughs> thank you very much. Jake, we'll, we'll get all these stories in and round them up a bit at the end. All right, I'll quickly... I'll tell this little, little story as fast as I, was, uh, as I can, otherwise we'll be here all morning, but... And it does go back a long way. But initially, I know this is all tying in with the, the church's vision with regards to the connect communities and the connect groups of uh, getting alongside our neighbours and people who don't necessarily know God. And at first, just showing kindness and then obviously letting that lead on to whatever it's going to lead on to. But for me personally, I was it was way before that come about. I was listening to a sermon by an American preacher and um, he sp spoke about a few different things, but towards the end of it, he put a little challenge out to, I suppose, the congregation he was preaching to at the time and whoever else was going to be listening. And he said, um, if you ain't got at least one person that you're praying you'll be able to bring to the Lord, then there's, then there's something definitely going wrong. And it was quite a blunt challenge, and I thought, do you know what, I haven't got no one at the moment. So I made a point of finding three people who are sort of, some of them I've known for a while and some of them are, are quite new new to my life, but I thought, right, they're, they're the three people. And then through sort of then it come about in Connect Group, we're going to be making an effort with people that live near us. And one of the people that live, ne live near me, he's one of the people I'm praying for. And he, he works not far from my house on a stall. And just over the course of the last few months, I've been getting to know him, getting to know his past, 
And it was just it was just a random met him one day, started chatting. Then we've built up this friendship, but since getting to know him, there's been it's, it's such a dark. He's in such a dark place now, but there's bereavement recently. His dad died, who he'd lived with for for most of his life. Um, he was earning silly money in a bank, and then got into stupid amounts of debt. Had to go abroad. He's got there's a lot of drugs involved in his life, a lot of drink, and it's just dark. And through me getting to know him, I mean, he, he was around my house a few months ago. No, it was last month we was having a drink. It was just just chatting generally. But then we started chatting about my past because he he sort of come round and Zara had gone out and the kids were all sleeping and that. And he said, Jake, what's going on here? He said, You you got it all you got it all together. And I thought, right, God, this is my chance now to, to speak a bit of light into this dark situation for him. So I went into my past, which again had, had its own ups and downs to do with obviously born and raised in a Christian family, but then getting to sort of 16 and being able to make my own choices, which weren't necessarily the best ones. And then that, as a lot of you know, went a bit mad, a bit, a bit of prison and just drugs and fighting or whatever, having kids young. But in the, from when Zara spoke earlier on, from when she got pregnant at 16, and the pair of us put God first. He didn't turn everything around to sort of over the last seven years to where we are now. So I was able to start telling this this man about all, all of that, and he was just sort of listening wide-eyed. And and I knew it, I knew it had touched him, and I knew it he'd, see, he'd seen something different in me and Zara's life for a while, as well long, as well as a lot of other my, of my friends locally. But so he's, we carried on having a beer and chatting and that. But then the following morning, he's texted me straight away when, when he'd sobered up a bit. And he said, uh, not that I was drunk. Do you know what I mean? We just had a couple. <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, he, he's into a few other things as well. But anyway, he texted me the, the following day and he said, Jake, um, can I have some information about your, your Christian church? <laughs> he said. And um, so I've, I've texted him over the, the, the sort of information for City Hope. But since then, I see him every, every day. I work on his stall for him for nothing. Because he's, he's he's only there on his own. He has to go and get stock, and um, yeah, just just staying by him and making any effort with, with him, and yeah, we'll see how it goes for now. Helen Swell. Hello. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm a marketing manager at work, and I, a lot of the work I do, I train people to be confident and approach people. Um, but about a few weeks ago, I was put in the same position as, as a lot of the people I train at work. Um, I found myself in a situation where I felt not confident to approach somebody. Um, a neighbour of mine had an arson attack um, on their property and quite luckily, the fire didn't reach inside the house, but it had uh, damaged quite a lot of uh, doors on the outside. And um, that night, I, there was just lots of um, noise outside the streets and a lot of commotion, but nobody had taken the courage to go and approach the family. Um, and I found myself also, like, like everybody else, I was really afraid. Um, of what they may say to me or if like um, if they would sort of shut the door in my face so I spent the night um, praying um, and asking God for for um, 
um, the confidence to, to approach a family. And the next morning, I found myself, I felt God pushing me, sort of walking with me, actually, to, towards um, this family. And um, e even as when, when I was just approaching the door, I was still afraid and, and scared that um, they may sort of close the door in front of my face and say, I, I don't want to talk about it. But um, quite luckily, <laughs> they, they didn't. They opened the doors and it was really nice because they, they just gave me a hug straight away and said, thank you for coming. And um, I spent the sort of morning there um, praying with the family. Um, it was, for me, it's quite, because where, where, where we live, um, it's very sort of um, a Muslim-based community. Um, and um, I felt quite scared to ask them to pray, but they, they were very welcome they welcomed about it, and and um, they even prayed with me afterwards. And, um, yeah, they, they were just really lovely. And since then, I've just been, me and the children have been working with the family. They have an autistic son um, who, he's, he's, he was diagnosed around about five years old. Um, but um, he doesn't speak a lot. And, um, yeah, so every time he sees, sees us coming, he, he with, especially with Angel, um, he holds her hand and he's, he smells her. And um, the parents have said to us that in all the 15 years, um, he's never, because we, we, spent, we, we spent three hours there. They, they, they invited us over for dinner and he was very calm and he, they said to us that they've never seen their son so calm in 15 years. Um, he was sitting still, and usually he, was, he would be running up and down the corridors or flicking the lights on, but they've, they've just noticed such a big change in their son in just that three hours, and they were just so grateful and thankful. Um, but I've all, during that time as well, um, the church at City Hope um, is also, people have also sort of helped with prayers, and I was collecting money for, for their carpet because it was quite burnt at the front. Um, we collected quite quite a bit, and um, they were really, really thankful to our church. And one thing that they said to us that you have a really amazing God, and they're just so grateful um, for for us as a church. And um, yeah, they just yeah. So I, I just I, I mean I just advise everyone else as well. Um, although you sometimes like in cells. Um, you can knock on 10 doors and you'll get just one, one answer. Um, but I encourage everyone else that just keep on knocking and keep on coming because everybody does have a story mm. and each and every one of us, we just want one person to just listen to our story. And, and that's, I think, for me, that, that's the way of sort of sharing God's love and, and showing how great we are as, as a community as well. Great. Thank you very much. Paul and Pete, we're going to run out of time to get you guys out. Just, isn't it wonderful? Just recapping, as it were, one of the things that struck me was the, uh, like I said, I'm sure there's many stories of people like daring, where you dare to, um, you know, cross a sort of a relational boundary to tell someone about Jesus or help someone out. And uh, 
You've got Ruth and Ruth where they've intentionally thought, we want to do this, what's God saying to us, and that's created an opportunity. Uh, Helen, where the neighbours are in need, and you think, oh, maybe I should do something, cross the boundary there. Jacob's just getting to know someone, sort of become friendly, hang out together, and the conversation opens up. It's all different, isn't it? But that there's that sense of speaking out at the right point, daring to, to sort of cross the boundaries. And I say, individually, we want to be doing that, don't we? Uh, but as a church, we want to be encouraging each other in that as well, in sort of loving ways. And if you like that, the sense of the tribes uh, coming together. And if we'd had a bit more time, uh, I was going to get Paul and Pete, just two of the Connect community leaders, to tell a little bit about some of what the Connect community has done as a whole. Um, but I'll just do it very briefly myself. So, uh, it said... There's nothing magic in the numbers, but the Connect communities are the slightly larger groups, and that's where we have the phrase, in that sense, the large enough to dare, where you really feel like together uh, you can be a bit more effective than just a smaller group in a living room praying together. And uh, so we've seen the Connect communities hire a local cinema and put on a sort of film and invite people to that, hire sort of tenants' halls and holding parties, uh, you know, where there's been sort of 50, 60, 70, 80 people in terms of kids and friends and neighbours all gathering together. And they become just great events, opportunities to break down some barriers between, if you like, uh, you know, maybe it's easier than inviting people on a Sunday. We'd love to have people on a Sunday. Please invite people along. But, you know, maybe people aren't in a place yet to come to the worship service on a Sunday. But hanging around in a barbecue or going to a film with some other Christians in the cinema and the sort of community stuff is sort of up their street a bit more. And so we want to just be getting together, serving each other and serving the communities around us. Uh, and we organise our Connect communities in sort of the geographic areas where we live because uh, it's convenient in part in the main but also because it reflects London uh, in terms of the different areas of London. And we're going to be doing something now uh, that's just a little bit different. So Dave and Chris are just disappearing because I want to sort of demonstrate and sort of organise and provoke us to think about where we're living and who we're linked with in the church uh, and to get behind these connect communities and groups. And really an opportunity, if you're not yet involved in one, uh, to really get involved. It's one verse here, just before we start moving, I think sums up something of the whole heart of the connect communities and groups. This isn't just like a, a structural thing. There is a plan, more or less, in place. But it's something, believe, reflects God's heart. Jesus speaking to the disciples just before he goes to the cross, says, a new command I give you, love one another. This is what we're obligated to do as well, isn't it? We must love one another. Even as Jesus has loved us, so we must love one another. And by this, as we demonstrate love, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There's something that speaks to people around us as the love of Jesus flows in and out of our lives, not just on our own, daring on our own, but in our communities and our groups uh, and letting people see that and work that practically, bearing each other's burdens and everything. So that's the heart behind uh, all that we're wanting to do. Okay, now this is going to be a little bit cast. What I'd like us to do to start off is, is everybody to stand up and everybody to come down into the middle of, uh, so not on the sides of the boundaries there. So if we'll take it stage at times. If you guys like to come down, uh, if you're not able to make it down here, down the steps, don't worry too much. You won't get uh, left out. Here come the balloons, just to keep your interest up. In fact, John, I've left my signs down here. Please, if you could pass signs. And the Connect community leaders and their two geographic area uh, Connect groups, the leaders there, if they can come forward, please. Just a bit of a visual demonstration. 
So if the guys can come forward. So guys, if you're on the back, come down into the middle. Oh, look at that, it's 12. Someone might need to go to the kids' workers already. We are running over a bit, but we want to do this. Where has time gone? So if we think of the floor roughly as a bit of a map, and there's heart for the area. We just heard some stories of people in need, uh, you know, needing to hear about Jesus all over the place. And, um, and we're on the ground, aren't we, in our communities and groups, and we want to reach out to people. So one of our co- communities, led by Ruth and Tim, Yay! is... Uh, I've got a sign here somewhere. Rotherhive. And some of the guys live in Deptford kind of joining that one. So they're going to go to the top end uh, over there. So as I do that now. And if you live in the Rotherhive Peninsula area, and you, or you know you're part of that um, Connect community, say some of you in Deptford, you can go over there and join them and stand with them. We're going to just pray really briefly once we've done this. Next, as we keep moving, keep concentrate. So Rotherhive over there. Paul with the pink balloons very aptly. Uh, from <laughs> Bermondsey, sort of on the west side of Bermondsey, into Burren. If you live on the sort of more west side of, if you like, our bit of southeast London, um, which is a conflicting terms, Paul's going to go up in the sort of westerly direction of this hall. And if you're part of his connect community or live in that kind of area, uh, and maybe you haven't yet got involved, please go and join him. Guys, come back in. If you have more space, come into the middle this way. Where's it? Okay. Uh, oh, Angela. Angela and Gary. So they lead uh, in New Cross. And where's Marlon gone? Marlon, come and jump up with them quickly. So, just because I was rude to you earlier. Come on. So, so, again, some of you in the New Cross guys, and also some of you coming from a bit further field in southeast London, we've just got a heart that at some point in the new year, we might get in its own distinct group. Uh, which Marlon might well be looking after, heading up. He hasn't quite said yes yet, but we're working on it. So, guys, if you would like to go to the back over there on, on the steps of that, and if you're on New Cross, further field in southeast London, please uh, come and join Marlon and Pat. Look at the Rotherhide guys. Look at that group over there. Okay, and then last two together. So, maybe Andy, Peckham, Campbell, maybe over to Elephant, a bit that area. Andy, if you want to go down that area there, Angie and Catherine lead a group there. Please go and join them. And then uh, our other Connect community, the Bermsey East guys. Come and join Pete down in this corner here. Now, I know some of you might not be able to move a mic, but one sense, this is... Have a quick look around the room. I, I hope this just catches our imagination a bit reflect something of uh, just God's heart. You're all talking amongst yourselves, aren't you? You're all excited. Obviously, we'd love you. If you're stood in an area, but you haven't yet got involved in the actual Connect community or group around you, we'd love you to speak to the leaders, get involved. I think everyone has a meeting coming up this week. So this week can get involved, uh, or certainly next week or something, and get along and be part of this praying community, reaching out, carrying each other's burdens, this is what Jesus calls us to, to love one another and to go in his name. And here's these groups on the ground, as it were, in the areas. And we'll be speaking a bit more about this next week as well, how we'd love to see this grow as a church. Uh, but what I'd like to do now, I'm just going to pray over us.
and, uh, and then we're done and you'll be able to chat amongst yourselves in groups, grab a coffee, collect your kids and all the rest of it. So, so let me just pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've done this morning among us, all that you've spoken about. Lord God, we do pray, Lord, put this on our memories, Lord God, of all that we want to be as a church, as Dave was speaking of right at the start of the meeting, Lord. We thank you for the stories of stuff going on further afield, Lord, from the conference at Turkey. Lord, and for, as Leslie was speaking, Lord, the, the daring of the people she'd been hanging around with, Lord, that just count their lives as nothing, Lord, to take the gospel to people. Lord, and Jesus, as we stand here before you, kind of representing different areas of London where we live, Lord, living in the world that we live in, Lord God, we say do put on our hearts something of that daring, Lord Jesus, that we will not count our lives too precious, Lord, but we will live for your gospel. We'll be obedient to your commands to love each other, to go in your name. And we pray, Lord, therefore fill us with your Holy Spirit and boldness. Lord, come on each of the sort of geographic areas that are on our heart that reflect something of London and the village London that we live in, Lord. We want to see your gospel make inroads into communities and lives, Lord Jesus. So we pray, fill us to dare as individuals and fill us to dare as these groups together, Lord, as these tribes, as it were, in your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.